This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts, Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matthew Kanata, joined by Aaron Sutton and Joshua Houts. And the NFL Combine is officially underway in Indianapolis, Indiana, at Lucas Oil Stadium. Players arriving, front offices arriving. We are going to be heading to the workouts over the next few days. Make sure you stay tuned to the Finsider.com and all of us on Twitter as we bring you the very latest from the NFL Scouting Combine. On Friday, the running backs, offensive line, kickers, and special teams will go. On Saturday, the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends will work out. On Sunday, the defensive linemen and linebackers will work out. And on Monday, it's the defensive backs. Of course, obviously, in between, before, and after, We player interviews, coach interviews, general manager interviews. And on Wednesday morning, Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores and general manager Chris Greer spoke to the media assembled there, and we will touch on that. We'll also touch on some draft debate topics such as the quarterbacks, more importantly, Kyler Murray versus Dwayne Haskins. Which one is better? Which one might come out on top? Which one will probably get drafted first? And moving into that, Will Kyler Murray go number one overall? And if so, where does Josh Rosen then land? We'll also kind of run down a few other storylines heading into Combine Week. But I do want to start off by saying that our own Aaron Sutton, A-Ron Sutton, is headed to the NFL Combine, representing Pro Football Network, profootballnetwork.com on Twitter, at PFN365. As you all know, it's our little project here that we do, all three of us together with plenty of great staff, Sutton, you'll also be representing us here on Finsider Radio and the Finsider.com, part of the SB Nation Network. So you're kind of pulling double duty there. But, man, how excited are you to be on the ground at the NFL Combine, which I think is one of the top five events that the NFL puts on, top three, top two. Definitely not the top one, Super Bowl is. But I would argue, besides the draft, the NFL Combine is the place to be. Obviously super excited. Didn't know that this would ever be an opportunity and just want to go and not make an ass out of myself and be a student of the game and absorb as much as I can. I'll be with some other good guys and uh, 
no, I'll see a few more others there. But, you know, this is going to be as much of a networking thing as it will be a on-the-field sort of performance. And it's kind of cool that the reasons that Combine is going to be interesting is maybe not the reasons that most people might think. It's not going to be the workouts and drills and stuff like that. It's going to be some of the things that happen behind the scenes. And that's why I'm I'm super excited to just roll my sleeves up and just absorb as much as I can. Obviously a tremendous opportunity for you, Sutton. And I'm jealous, even though, you know, we run PFN 365 together, all of us, but obviously work schedules and family commitments, all of that. So you are going with uh, Brett Yaris and Chris Spooner, two members of the uh, staff there, the PFN staff. And again, like I mentioned, also covering for the Finsider and Finsider radio so you definitely have your work cut out. What are you looking forward to the most, Sutton, as to uh, the position groups, not only working out, but the interview processes as well when they meet with the media during their designated day? Well, it's going to be interesting just to see the whole process, how it unfolds for the media. You know, where are we allowed to stand? How close are we allowed to get to the action? How, you know, how how available are all the all the players, we know that they're going to be available from two o'clock to five o'clock in the evening each day. But we don't know is what order the players come in and are there simultaneous podiums open? And it's basically you choose who you're going to ask at different times. So those types of things I'm going to kind of have to figure out on the fly. Also in the same vein, I saw Brian Flores, Chris Greer get interviewed this morning. I wasn't sure, you know, in some of the NFL communications that I'd received through PFN that, you know, it wasn't apparent which teams and which coaches would be available at which times. It was very clear that it's going to be a kind of a fluid process. So I'm going to see when I get there Friday morning. And I'm just, like I said, just going to roll my sleeves up and get to as much action as I can. And if, you know, if I, if I need to sneak some of my kids in there and help me accumulate knowledge and info, then I'm going to do that. You'll be making sure we are all stayed informed of the latest updates on your Twitter feed, on the PFN Twitter feed, on the Finsider.com, everywhere. I know you're going to be hard at work, but let's, Go back to Wednesday morning when Chris Greer and Brian Flores spoke, Miami Dolphins general manager and head coach respectively. They had a few interesting tidbits. And I think the biggest tidbit that came out of this uh, was a few things, and we're going to touch on all of them. Number one, they said they want Xavier to remain in the, with the future, with the team's plans. They expect Xavier to be there. Uh, the exact quote from, uh, I believe it was Chris Greer, he said uh, he was asked, where do things stand with Howard? And he said that, yes, I'm very confident that he'll be there. Xavier has been in the building. He's coming back, working out and getting in shape again after the Pro Bowl. He's doing good. We've been hanging out around him. He wants to be a Miami Dolphin. We want him to be a Dolphin. And uh, there was a lot of uh, discussion from media and from fans. Made up discussion, I thought, because I think we had pretty much consistently said here on this show that we were very confident that Howard would remain a Dolphin just based on the defensive philosophy alone from the New England Patriots, where they have their strong corners, shut down their number ones and number twos on the opposing offense, and using that as their strength and to kind of build their defense around that. So 
when the talk started coming up that the Dolphins would maybe trade Xavier Howard for future draft picks, it just didn't make sense for me because he is one of the best corners in the NFL, and he's going to cost money. You don't draft guys just to let them walk. That's not how you build a team. So I thought that was interesting. Before we touch on that, I also just want to talk about Jawan James, another player that many are talking about. And uh, Chris Greer said that Jawan James had gotten married last weekend. So congratulations, Jawan. And they said that they'll be talking to his camp after the combine. They both agreed on it. But it sounded like that, you know, he wants Jawan to stay. Jawan wants to stay. But obviously, they're going to let the market dictate the kind of money he makes out there and see what they can do to kind of work around that. But let's start with Xavier Howard. Howitz, I'm going to throw this one to you. I mean, the guy's elite. He's going to be paid like an elite corner, going to be paid the highest corner in the NFL, at least until the next cornerback signs a contract. But but I think it's good news to hear that Chris Greer is saying they want Xavier and Xavier wants to be there. Yeah, and that's something we touched on, all three of us, in last week's show. So, I mean, it's nice to hear Chris Greer come out there and say that the Dolphins are going to focus on signing their own. Uh, but one thing we all need to realize is he said Xavier Howard is going to be on the team. He predicts he will be on the team next season. He's under contract next season. The Dolphins do not need to give him a new contract this year. It's just something in their best interest because you got a guy who's starting to, you know, get better each and every year. Yes, the health is still a concern. And I think all three of us agree that they need to do their due diligence there. But if those boxes are checked, Xavier Howard is one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. You saw what Stephon Gilmore did in that defense. It's going to be similar. They're going to have those physical corners at the line. Xavier Howard is as physical as they come. I mean, that was part of the reason, you know, he had those flaws coming out of the out of uh, Baylor because he he was a guy that was very handsy at the line, consistently got penalized, and it would just continue to grow. And now this guy is finally starting to own his skills. He's become one of the true shutdown corners in the NFL. We all know he was led the league in interceptions. He's a playmaker. It's good to hear Chris Greer say he's going to bring him back. I'm anxious to see what you guys think about Jawan James because that's going to be a very interesting thing to see how that plays out with as bad as the Dolphins' offensive line has been lately. So let's switch to Jawan James and son. I'm going to throw this one to you. Again, uh, Chris Greer said that Jawan just got married and they would work with him after the combine. But here's what he also said. He said, we drafted him here and he's a good young player. We'd like to have him here and we'll see what the market is and what he's looking for as well. When asked how important Jawan James would be as an anchor for the offensive line, especially at right tackle, Chris Greer went on to say this. It's one less box you have to check going out. At the end of the day, the organization will do what's best for the Dolphins. He's a good guy. He's worked hard. He's been here and is a good teammate. So we'll see what happens. Now, Sutton, for me, that reads between the lines this. We'd love to have Jawan James back. We like him as a player. But when Chris Greer said at the end of the day, we'll do what's best for the Dolphins, it sounds like they aren't going to overpay him. And when Jawan James is probably the best right tackle on the free agent market, they may get out of his price range. What do you think, Sutton? I agree with that, Reed. I think it's a way of saying we like Jawan James. I hope that his representation comes in with a very kind of free-flowing negotiation style. And, and not to say that you're just going to – make whatever contract happen, but you're, you're going to come in with a really let's work together attitude. And I think that's the conditions that they want to try to create, because I do think that they want to keep Juwan James at right tackle. It would make sense to not have to think of another important piece in the trenches factor 
because it's already a huge issue on both sides of the ball. So if you add another element to that, that's not a good situation. So if you can potentially limit some of the fallout from how the roster has been constructed and from some of the other rumors that we'll get to here in a second. I think keeping Juwan James at a, at a reasonable market value makes sense. So hopefully they're just kind of massaging how the atmosphere is going to be when they go into the contract talks. When you talk about the dolphins and the thing that's going out now is supposed we're building a team the right way. And we've talked about this on the show in detail that no one's going to go out and tank. It's just going to be the process organically. It's going to happen. But the idea, right, is to get that future quarterback. And they're talking about Tua from Alabama. And Tua is a left-handed quarterback. And at the blind side will be the right tackle position. So if they're really, truly thinking that they may have a shot at Tua next year's draft, wouldn't it then make sense to really focus on getting Jawan James locked up long-term? Or perhaps they'll say, if Jawan James walks, we'll draft the right tackle in this year's draft or next year's draft and groom that guy to be the blind spot protector because left-handed quarterback, things kind of change. What, is, yeah, what are your I, thoughts I, on that? No, I, I definitely think that's a good point. No, I won't say that right tackle is completely obsolete compared to the left tackle because – what defensive coordinators have done over the years is they just rotate the blitz packages and all the gap pressures and all the confusion towards the side of the offensive line that's weakest. So if you're weak on the right tackle, they're going to find a way to manipulate that. So you really can't be weak anywhere on the offensive line. So, but with that being said, left tackle becomes a blind side becomes undoubtedly more important. Yeah. And I tweeted out earlier today, the same thing about the Tua and people want to tank, you know, tank for Tua, but then you don't want to go out there and, and re-sign Juwan James. I, I heard someone say, you know, he might make 12 million. Well, 12 million puts him above Lane Johnson, who is currently, you know, to- at top of the NFL. So I, I don't see Juwan James breaking 12 million. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I think what's ultimately going to come down to is whether or not a team is willing to pay him to be the number one right tackle in the NFL, you know? So if someone's willing to give him that type of money, it's not in the Dolphins' best interest. But if you're going to let this man walk over a couple million dollars, I, I just don't see it because uh, the Dolphins are not good at drafting offensive linemen. We've seen that. Their, their best offensive linemen are guys that they that fall into their lap in the first round. That They can't draft them. And, yes, this is a new regime, but they've struggled to find offensive line talent in the draft. They've failed to do it in free agency, uh, so I just don't see how letting a 20, what, 5, 26-year-old right tackle hit the free agency market. If, if, you can, if you can avoid that, you do it at all costs. Build around those two bookends, and good things will eventually come. And the Dolphins spent plenty of years trying to get that offensive line in shape for quarterback Ryan Tannehill, and now it looks like they're going to have to rebuild the entire line and they're also likely moving on from Ryan Tannehill. And Brian Flores was asked about Tannehill in Wednesday's press conference. He said this. He said, right now, everything is kind of in process. I've been here three and a half weeks. We've gone through the evaluations of the roster. Everything is in process. We still have time. Obviously, we've made some evaluations, but we'll still have time to make those decisions. Obviously, this was something that was non-committal from Brian Flores. 
Obviously, we all know that Ryan Tannehill is going to be moved on from this offseason at some point, whether via trade, cut, or anything. We just don't know the timing. It's it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And we talked about Ryan Tannehill on the show and whether or not it's the right move, and we all agreed that it is the right move to move on from Tannehill, and it's the end of the Tannehill era in Miami. Whether or not he lands, whether it's in Washington, Cincinnati, somewhere, We'll see how that shakes out. I do hope the Dolphins are able to get some kind of trade compensation for him. I would expect maybe a fourth or a fifth round pick. I think it's a miracle if they get anything higher than that, but you got to take what you can get. So he will be uh, gone from Miami. I will be very surprised if he's in Miami this coming season. So we'll kind of see how that plays out there. Another guy, Cameron Wake. And when Chris Greer was asked about that, here's what he said. Right now with the roster and Brian, we're going through everything. He's been a Dolphin. He's been a tremendous player for us. So we'll see where that is right now, and we'll have conversations with him and his agent probably soon. Now, I know we talked about this on the show, and we all gave our opinion. Houts, hearing that, and Sutton hearing that, what is your take on the Dolphins' interest in bringing Wake back? I mean, we talked about it. You you give this guy whatever he wants. I mean, if he's not looking for top dollar, not looking for a team that he can go out there and contend with, play in a meaningful playoff game, you know, maybe make it deep into a playoff run. That's something that he deserves. I just think if he wants to come back and play in Miami, which I'm sure he does because, let's be honest, he's a lifer, probably the best thing Jeff Ireland's ever done. If Cameron Wake wants to be back in Miami and the numbers are right, you bring him back because what that can do to a young group of defensive ends, pass rushers, just every day going around there and seeing what Cam Wake does at his age, I think that's motivation for the entire team. I think that's the right way to build. You know, uh, you need to have that veteran presence in, in the locker room. So I think Cameron Wake's deserved to have his decision made whether or not he wants to stay in Miami. Then you, you give it to him. If he wants to go elsewhere, you respect that and let him go play for a contender. If Cam Wake wants to be a Dolphin, let him be a Dolphin. Absolutely. There's no reason to doubt him. So... We saw what he did in a Mike Nolan defense. Granted, that was several years ago, but there's still the potential that he could make some plays. I mean, he he came back through a, an injury, and the production that he had made a very strong argument to be comeback player of the year. So I think he could absolutely do something in this defense. So it really just matters uh, very much how he values the the dollar signs and whether he wants to kind of keep his legacy in Miami. And I am willing to accept whatever decision Cameron Wake wants to make because he has certainly earned that from uh, our fan base. And I suspect that their meeting with his agent and Wake, if he attends as well, will just be about the philosophy of the team moving forward for this coming season and beyond. And I, and I do think they will have an offer for Wake ready. But ultimately, as you said, son, it will be up to Wake, I imagine, as to whether or not he truly wants to come back based on hearing their plan for the future. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. That's going to be a uh, interesting situation to watch out because on one hand, doesn't really make sense. But on the other hand, it does make sense in terms of helping build the culture that Brian Flores is trying to establish with the Miami Dolphins. Another culture he's trying to establish is at the quarterback position, whether it's a rookie, whether it's a bridge quarterback, or trading for someone like Josh Rosen. 
And that's going to lead us into the Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins debate. Lots of talk about Kyler Murray's heights. Under six feet, shorter than Baker Mayfield by all accounts. He hasn't been officially measured in at the Combine as we record this podcast, so we don't know exactly what his height is going to be. Questions about his hand size. Dwayne Haskins, questions about him too. Kyler Murray, possibly going number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury. And if that happens, then Josh Rosen becomes available. For me, and I'll start this off because I know we're going to talk about his height. I don't think height matters a ton. I mean, Brock Osweiler is one of the tallest quarterbacks in the league. And how many times were his passes batted down at the line of scrimmage? Plenty of times. I think it depends on your throwing motion, the way you read the defenses, the way you manipulate the defenses and the defensive line and the linebackers, and getting them off the ball to make the throws that you need to throw. Yes, obviously, he will need to do a little bit more to adjust, a little bit more to compensate, and that you know may take a toll mentally on him at some points. Yes, I know he had one of the best offensive lines in all of college football, massive offensive line. Definitely won't get that with the Dolphins. But again, I'm going back to this. If the Dolphins have a shot at Kyler Murray, you pull the trigger. Do I think he's going to fall to number 13? Hell no. I think he's a top five pick for sure. We all know how teams value the quarterback position in this league. If you think 12 other teams are going to pass up on him and then the other 31 or whatever it would be based on that math, 24, 23 teams would pass up on him and not trade up for him. I think you're crazy to think that because of just how special this guy can be. And everyone was talking about Baker Mayfield dropping to the end of the first round last year. And the dude was the number one overall pick. So I'm not buying this talk that Kyler Murray will be a second round pick. He's going to be a first round pick. And, you know, looking at what Chris Greer said about Kyler Murray and, and not Kyler Murray, but Brian Flores said about Kyler Murray, that he's a great athlete, phenomenal player. Chris Greer said about quarterbacks, they want them to be mentally strong and very smart quarterbacks and fundamentally sound. If you do draft Kyler Murray, you get that bridge quarterback in Miami still, and you build your offensive line over the next two years so Kyler Murray can sit his first year and learn from the sideline and then take the reins in year two. Houts, son, I know you both have very strong opinions about Kyler Murray. Houts, I think you have one of the strongest opinions about Kyler Murray, so I'll start with you. If it comes down to Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, who are you selecting? I mean, that is that is the debate of this NFL draft season. I kind of pondered to myself, you know, what if Miami just wanted to go for it? You know, they need they know they need a franchise quarterback. What if they move up to number one and then from there decide on Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins? I mean, you see, you know, one guy fits all the size requirements that Bill Parcells and all the guys that came before believed that a quarterback needed to have. But Kyler Murray, I mean, watching him play football, everyone keeps saying, you know, he's kind of like a Michael Vick or he has a little bit of Russell Wilson or a little bit of Pat Mahomes in him. I mean, Kyler Murray is going to be Kyler Murray. And just I think everyone is going to be put on notice real quick when he runs at 40, when he goes out there and proves that he is the most accurate passer in this draft, proves that he can make all the NFL throws. I mean, I think Dwayne Haskins, 
Uh, I'm, I'm an Ohio State fan, and I'm going to admit that right now. I think Dwayne Haskins is a very good quarterback. I think he would fit this system very well. I think, you know, maybe Dwayne Haskins is the best fit for the Miami Dolphins. But for me, I want a Kyler Murray. I want a guy that's going to go out there and just make electrifying plays each and every time. Uh, if it's me, I'm moving up for Kyler Murray at all costs. You know, I, I don't think he's going to get past Arizona. I don't know if we'll talk about that more, but I, I just think with the comments that came out today, I think if Josh Rosen was your guy, you would went out there and at least try to reassure him a little bit because you gain nothing trade value wise by saying, you know, Josh Rosen's my quarterback for now. Well, what does that mean? If you would have went out there and said, we don't want Kyler Murray, well, then teams would have started calling, I think. So it didn't make sense to me. Cliff Kingsbury said on record that he will take Kyler Murray number one overall if he could. Now he has the chance. But for me, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, I think those are – the cream of the crop of this year's draft class. Those are the two quarterbacks that I believe will be franchise quarterbacks, will be leaders of an NFL team sooner than later. For me, I just see more, you know, elite for something you have never seen before, like a Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins. I mean, I think he fits the mold of, of guys who have come before and that's not a bad thing. Someone asked me who I think he could be. I say, Phillip rivers. I'm going to stand by that Kyler Murray though. I think he can just be, one of the better players to ever lace up his, his cleats. So for me, I'm going Kyler Murray. They're both good. You know, let's admit that. And who is ranking them is maybe one of the least important parts of this whole conversation, just because they're both really good athletes. And I, I'm very curious how both of them turn out to, to play in the NFL. Their ranking is largely irrelevant because they're the clear two best quarterbacks. So, again, it's going to be kind of lucky to see how these guys pan out because maybe Haskins is a little overlooked because he's boring. He's that kind of stereotypical pocket passer. And he's a little safer. He's that safe guy. He kind of checks all the boxes and you don't see really anything stand out glaring on the tape. He's not, he's certainly not Doug Flutie out there uh, making people miss in the pocket, but he's has a very sound arm. Kyler Murray, little bit more risky of a pick, but you cannot deny the talent, cannot de deny the ceiling. So it really depends on the team that is in the situation to look at these players, which teams can afford to be risky and which teams really need to be safe. And that is completely a team by team situ situation by situation sort of thing. So the reason I like Haskins though, a little bit better than Kyler and that's the reason we are looking at the competition that they have played recently. The Big Ten just seems to value playing team defense a little bit more than a Big 12. And yes, stats can be really skewed because you have the whole shovel pass phenomenon where players are getting 50, 75 yards touchdowns on shuffle passes where they're really not doing anything. So let's just admit that, that for both players, Kyler and Dwayne Haskins, their stats are a little bit skewed by the fact that they're allowed to get away with certain things within their offense 
that make it seem that they're doing a little bit more than what they do. But anyway, Dwayne Haskins, I feel like compared to previous Ohio State quarterbacks, he's playing in a more pro-style offense. And as a result of that, Kyler, I think, and don't get me wrong, the run-pass balance with him is completely lethal. I also think that offense was based mostly on a first-read sort of thing. So if NFL defenses get onto you and they get their fangs into you a little bit and how to slow you down, whether physically or mentally, you can assure that NFL defensive coordinators are going to make sure that Kyler stays in the pocket and when he's in the pocket, based on the Oklahoma offense that he went through, does he have enough experience going through second, third, fourth reads to kind of mirror what he can expect from NFL defenses? Is that going to slow his athleticism down because he's thinking a little bit more? So those types of nuanced conversations need to happen in these front offices. Clearly, Kyler Murray is going to demand a little bit more attention to detail when you're creating the roster. I think you really have to build the offense specifically around Kyler. Dwayne Haskins is a little bit more of that, again, boring, stereotypical quarterback that could probably thrive in a couple different schemes. Kyler Murray, Kyler, excuse me, Kyler Murray, as talented as he is, will probably need a little bit more structure into, in terms of manufacturing a, a consistent offense. I don't know if the Dolphins would pull the trigger on Kyler Murray, even if he was available. I just feel like they are so set on their process of building this team the way they want to, which is not a bad thing at all. They have in mind exactly what they want, which is, again, not a bad thing. It's a very good thing that they wouldn't pull the trigger on Kyler and they maybe use that spot of where they are in the draft to trade out and get more picks for the future. That'd be my guess. So it'd be a big surprise. One, if Kyler even fell to 13 and two, it'd be a bigger surprise again, if the Dolphins actually selected Kyler Murray because of this, Kyler Murray has a very low floor. Very high ceiling, but very low floor. Dwayne Haskins, for me, has a high floor and a smaller ceiling than Kyler Murray. And for those who may not be aware or unsure of what that exactly means, it means this. If you have a high floor, it means teams have a good idea that even if you're worse than they expected, you're still going to be in that area where they think your floor is. So if my floor or if Dwayne Haskins' floor is that he's a above-average quarterback, no matter how bad or no matter how much he struggles in the NFL, he's always going to be, at the very least, an above-average quarterback. That's his floor. His ceiling, will he be a franchise or an elite quarterback? No one knows. But let's say his ceiling is that he could be a great quarterback so that's your range for Dwayne Haskins. And this is just throwing this out there. It's not based on anything, any reports that we've completed. 
his range would be above average to great. Kyler Murray, on the other hand, I think his floor is bust. His ceiling is all pro. And I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but that's how I look at these two quarterbacks. I completely agree. That's why I said it kind of in the beginning of my rant is that <clears throat> it really depends on the team looking at it. it. Is it a team that can afford to take that type of risk or do you want to kind of play it safe with Dwayne Haskins? So it's really a matter of taste. It's really a matter of how you have your board. For me with Haskins, he just ranks a little bit higher. This may seem like a slight at first, but let me talk through it. Byron Lefwich, but with a quicker delivery. Tough, leader, smart, decisive, accurate. He checks a lot of boxes. And Ohio State might have a little bit of a bias considering how some of the quarterbacks have come through that program where it's you know, the JT Barrett's and the and another quarterback like Troy Smith. You had those types of quarterbacks that was more of a, a a run pass option sort of team. And with Dwayne Haskins, it was much more of a traditional pro offense under Urban Meyer. So I, I thought that type of evolution and that offense really signified how good Dwayne Haskins is as a passer. He makes every pass look effortless. And I think if the Dolphins are in any position to get Dwayne Haskins, that's not completely unfeasible. You 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 look at that opportunity. Yeah, and Haskins is without a doubt the best Ohio State quarterback that's come out, you know, for as long as I can remember. And to think of what he could do in this offense, you know, his game is those accurate short intermediate passes, and that's what Haskins does so well. I think he'd be perfect for Chad O'Shea's offense. But again, you mentioned it. It sounds like he might be a better Byron Leftwich. To me, uh, I think you need to do a little bit better than Byron Leftwich. I think a Kyler Murray is the guy. I know that he isn't the traditional quarterback. He doesn't fit any of the size requirements. He, he's just a different player. And to know that he's going to go out there and likely run under 4.4 of the 40, you know, he, he continues to bulk up. He's at 206 now. So what, you're going to fault him for that uh, eighth of an inch that he's short. I, I don't see it. I think, you know, round up, he's 5'10", 206, can make every NFL throw asked of him, can completely revolutionize the game of football. Uh, I see a Russell Wilson. I see an elite talent. Yes, he could be a bust, but I think the only way that that could happen is if, you know, something severely bad happens to him. I, I think an injury is the only way that could happen because this guy has all the skills. And for me, I think you need to do a little bit better than, just, you know, a, a very good quarterback, you know, a top 15, top 10 quarterback. That's great. But I think Kyler Murray can be better than that. You know, he could do what Baker Mayfield did, in my opinion. I think he can go out there and he's not as polished as Baker Mayfield. doesn't fit those requirements, you know, can't make some of the throws Mayfield can because that's one of the best quarterbacks that has come out in recent memory. But Kyler Murray can can do a lot of the same things. And I don't think he'll be there for Miami, but for me, that's who I would build my franchise around. I agree. But let's say Kyler Murray goes number one overall. Do you trade for Josh Rosen? It would it would depend. I talked about this 13th, uh, the number 13 pick. That would be something that you would have to 
really talk about because you can get an elite talent there. We saw Minka last year right around there. You know, the Derwin James. This year there's going to be very good edge rushers. The Dolphins desperately need that. So for me, it would come down to, you know, weighing those players that are likely going to be available in Josh Rosen. I think last year, wasn't there lots of rumors of him going to New England? Could you not see him, the yeah. uh, Bill Belichick train up there oh, and yeah, get him, you know? But for me, if, if it's a second, I would heavily consider a third. You pull the trigger right away. Uh, I, I do think that's how we're leaning, though. I think Kyler Murray's going to be the pick there. I, I think if you if you invest in a guy, you bring in a Cliff Kingsbury, you, you see what he did in college. That's why you brought him in. He wasn't very successful, but he had that air raid offense, and you need to have a quarterback with Kyler Murray's skill set. I think it'd be perfect. But if he gets if he if he goes number one, you I think I'd much rather trade up for. Dwayne Haskins and maybe Josh Rosen. It, it would be tough. I'm I'm not sure. For me, it's Kyler Murray or bust. If you get Dwayne Haskins, you got to feel happy. Josh Rosen, second or third, sign me up. I don't know how Sutton feels. No, I wouldn't do it. After after Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray, my interest kind of fades. I think Josh Rosen would be in a similar category to Daniel Jones, Andrew Locke, and. That's not the type of quarterback that I think is going to move the needle for the for the organization. So I'd rather wait. I think it's going to be very interesting to see the Dolphins offseason moves. Sounds like they're going to add a few pieces in free agency. And then I think you're just going to trade down a lot in the draft, trade some players away and stockpile picks as much as possible. So they can have the flexibility to move up and down the board, not only this year, but next year as well. Because I, I do think organically, and we all believe organically, that the losses are going to come on their own. No such thing as tanking in the NFL. NBA, yes. NFL, there's no way. Not with this sport. We'll see how it all shakes out this coming season, this coming offseason. I, I do believe in the vision that Flores, Greer, Reggie McKenzie, Marvin Allen all shared together the same aligned vision it's just kind of refreshing to see the Dolphins, for once, doing things the right way. Any last thoughts, Sutton and Hounce, before we wrap up the show? Just want to thank everybody that helped me along the way on these Twitter streets, those mean Twitter streets. Help kind of raise a Twitter kindergartner to somebody that's going to the combine. So I thank everybody along the way. Especially Kanata and and Howitz, you guys were the ones that convinced me to do it in the first place. So it's, I, God, how how many years we've we been doing this? I mean, that's ridiculous. Be safe, enjoy yourself, drink lots of beer, and just just be Sutton. Be Sutton. Have fun, Sutton. <laughs> I, be good. I, don't, don't do anything know. stupid. I don't know what that means. I, I, the only thing I I know what don't end up in Kentucky again. So I don't. So basically, I don't walk to a different state and I don't get anyone pregnant. Are those my kind of two regulations? <laughs> yeah, when I say be sudden, that's kind of what I didn't realize. It meant. <laughs> don't be don't be sudden. <laughs> don't repopulate the earth. Okay, I got it. And rock that PFN 365 shirt. Yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, for real. All right. NFL Combine kicking off this week. Workouts start on Friday. 40-yard dash, bench press, broad and vertical, jump three-cone drill, shuttle drills. Keep your eye on the three-cone. 
and the shuttle drills for wide receivers. The uh, Dolphins, I almost said the Patriots, but the new regime for the Dolphins pay a lot of attention to that, especially Chad O'Shea and the other coaches that have come from New England. Of course, the measurements are a big thing as well, and so is the Wonderlick and all the testing and interviews that go along with that. Sutton will be on the ground with two others on Pro Football Network, profootballnetwork.com, Twitter, at PFN365, and Sutton also, rep also representing the Finsider and Finsider Network. Sutton, enjoy yourself. We will have all the latest and greatest on our Twitter handles and on the Finsider.com and at PFN. That's going to do it for here this week on Finsider Radio. For Aaron Sutton and Joshua Houts, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.